This is Mortgage Lending Mastery. Get the knowledge you need from America's mortgage mentor with more than 35 years of experience and over $1 billion in lifetime fundings. You'll learn to advance your mortgage practice quickly and efficiently. Also, be sure to check out Jen's book, Launch, How to Take Your Business to New Heights. Available on Amazon. For a signed copy, contact Jen at jenduplessis.com. Now, here is certified mortgage planner and CEO of Kinetic Spark Consulting, Jen Duplessis. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to Mortgage Lending Mastery. I'm your host, Jen Duplessis. Today, I have such a fun guest with me, uh, Carl White, the uh, founder of Marketing Animals. And for those of you in our industry, in the lending side, um, and don't know, who don't know Carl, I don't know where have you been. You've been under a rock or something, but uh, he's got this wonderfully great company called Marketing Animals, which he's going to tell us about today. And I'm just so honored to have him with us um, as we venture. Now, if you are not in the mortgage space and you're a realtor or you are a small business entrepreneur, you also want to listen to Carl because Carl has some fantastic ideas about how to get business very, very quickly and uh, do it in a way that allows for both efficiency and effectiveness. And I think those are two things that we're looking to do these days. So, Carl, welcome to our show. How are you doing today? Well, Jen, it's an honor to be talking with you again, and, uh, you know, life's pretty good down here in paradise. Not near as nice as it up there where you live in God's heaven of, of Virginia, but, uh, <laughs> but, but, but Clearwater Beach is not a bad place to be uh, this time of year. No, sure. not at all. Well, and I was there last week. I was walking on the pier last week, and, uh, you know, just absolutely beautiful. Um, can't, can't complain about the weather down there. So, Carl, tell us a little bit about, for those that don't know, I mean, you had a history, I mean, a history, but you had a career before you even got into mortgages in in the year 2000. So tell us a little bit about your history and how you got in and, you know, what you've been doing since 2000. All right. So, uh, so I was in the, I was actually uh, worked in the hospital system. So I worked in healthcare and very honorable profession. Uh, I worked Mm -hmm. in OR. Uh, oddly enough, I worked in uh, surgery, and uh, the oh, wow. problem with all of my clients, say, you know, clients, is they they were all passed out. And <laughs> I'm a definite people person, and I found, right. you know, they get they get a little annoyed if I wake them up and say, hey, you want you want to chat for a little bit? So that didn't work out so well. So <laughs> anyway, it's a very honorable profession. Uh, just honestly, it it just wasn't my gig. Um, it um, I'm not one to sit inside, uh, you know, a, a 12 by 12 room all day long watching a ventilator go up and down. And so while it is indeed an honorable career, um, I just wasn't, um, I just wanted something where I'd get outside more. And uh, I had a friend of mine, uh, Ralph Watkins, who was doing very well. And I stopped by his office one day, say, what do you do? And he said, I'm a mortgage broker. I said, what's that? He told me what it is. <laughs> yeah. And I said, I'd like yeah. to watch you do it for a couple of days. And I went and watched him do it a couple of days. And the rest is history. He kind of took me under his wing. And I opened up a, a branch for what was known as Family First Mortgage back then. Uh, this was in late 1999, early 2000. And within six months, uh, we were the number one branch uh, out of 337 branches nationwide. And, uh, man, it just kind of grew from there. So it's... Uh, so I'm, I'm, and today I'm, I'm still a branch manager, um, and uh, I get paid on uh, between uh, hundreds, hundreds of loans uh, uh, per month. Uh, some months I've seen it go as low as like 275, kind of averages of 350 to 400, I guess, is kind of our average of, of, of what I get paid on each month, and, mm-hmm. um, and life's pretty good. And, I, oh, and by the way, That's I do awesome. it. Uh, I do it on a uh, uh, four-day work uh, work week, and I don't work before 9 a.m. and I don't work after 5 p.m. ever. So, um, so yeah. So we're so going to find so. out. We're going to find out some of the tips and tricks behind that um, today. Okay. So, all right. Uh, so, what do you think, Carl, was your um, tipping point? You know, you got in the business in the year 2000. Mm. There's a lot of um, people that are listening that, you know, opened their their businesses, whether mortgage or not, in the year 2000, or people that have been there, been in the business even before then, who are saying, well, how did you get to a higher level of success faster than me? What, what do you have that I don't have? So thinking back on, you know, the way you got started, 
Um, and then where was that tipping point and what, what, what were some of the things that you were doing that said, oh, this is silly, the way everybody's doing this is crazy, I know a better way? Well, you know, a couple things happened. That's a great question, by the way. Um, a couple things happened. Number, the first thing that came into my mind was because I wasn't from the mortgage business, of course, when I first got into it, mm -hmm. is when I was watching how things were done, I thought, you know, this is like the most perverted or weird business ever. And what I mean by that is the, no other business that I know of, no other industry that I know of, the salesperson is also the deliverable person. In other words, yes. if, you and, if you and I go onto a Mercedes car dealership and we want to go buy, we're, we're, you and I are buddies, and we want to go buy buddies, his and hers, uh, new Mercedes because we have a good year, and we walked onto the car lot. We got cash in hand because that's how we buy cars these days. We have cash in hand. We go onto the dealership. And we look around and there's, there's nobody there. Like we want to buy a car and there's nobody there. So we go inside and there's a young man sitting behind the counter. So where's, where's your salespeople at? Oh, I'm sorry. They're, they're in the back busy. They're changing the oil and fixing the brake uh, and <laughs> right. tuning up some cars. Um, and they're washing cars for future sales. But if you'll leave your name and your phone number, uh, they'll call you back as soon as they're done. Is, is that okay? And then you guys can come back. You and I would walk out of there going, heck, we're not buying a car. People? So these yeah. people are crazy. What's wrong with you? I've never heard right. of such a thing. But yet in the mortgage industry, that's the norm. Mm -hmm. And, and I, it, it's, it's like, again, in the restaurant business, you got one person that sits you to the chair. You got another person that takes your order. You got another person yeah. that cooks your food. And in the fine restaurants, you have a separate person that actually brings that food. You have another person that busts the table and clear. Play. But in the mortgage industry, we operate like a hot dog stand where one person cooks it, one person pays, you know, takes the money, and one person serves yeah. it up. We, like mm -hmm. one person does everything. And, and, I, and I, did, I found early in my career, do I want to be a hot dog stand or do I want to be a Ruth's Chris Steakhouse? Do I want to be a national chain? Yeah, five-star five yeah. restaurant. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and that was a big revelation to me. Uh, and, again, it's not because it was some genius thought or anything. It was like that's how it's done everywhere else. <laughs> this is the only industry. Right. Where it's, where it's not done that way. So it's, I don't think it's anybody's fault, you know, per se, because it's, it's what we were taught, you know, it's what everybody was right. taught. And, and so for me, it was like, like the, the true tipping points were, were three things. Number one, kind of like the one man band thing is like, I right. found mm -hmm. out, do I want a hundred percent of a grape or do I want 50% of a watermelon? Mm -hmm. And I found that I want 50% of a watermelon, so I found I'm going to need some help, and that help's going to cost me. And while I might not make everything on that loan, I'm going to make a lot of loans, and so I'll get a smaller piece on a, on a bigger pie. And mm -hmm. that was a big revelation to me. It's like, you know, trying to get all of something small is, is, is it's no good. You know, it's just no good. Um, right. Right. So, so that was number one. What are the three? What are the three that you have? Because I do have a question. I'll follow up with that one. I just want to make sure we get to okay. all three. Okay. All right. The, the yep. second one was always wear black pants. And let me explain that. So okay. one thing that I found was everybody's afraid. Everybody's afraid. I'm getting ready to call some agents. I'm afraid. I'm getting ready to go do a presentation okay. to agents. I'm afraid. I'm getting ready to start a social media campaign. Uh, I, I'm afraid. I'm getting ready to uh, call and give an update, and I know I need to ask for business when I do that. I'm afraid, and 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 most people feel that fear, and they go, well, what if they say no, or what if they think I'm a jerk, or what if I sound salesy, or what if this, and 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 and, and everybody feels that, like everybody, everybody, everybody feels that. <clears throat> and I was talking with that about somebody one time, and uh, a revelation came to me. And what we discovered was like the difference between fear and courage is fear. And I hope I can say this. I don't mean to offend anybody, but I think it makes a great point. Fear is peeing in your pants, right? That's, that's really mm -hmm. afraid. You know, you stand there and you, and you, wet, your, mm -hmm. you wet your pants. Courage yeah. is doing what you need to do with wet pants on. Yeah, and, that's hence wear black pants. And, and that's why right. I tell everybody I always wear right. black pants. Now, obviously, that's done as a tongue-in-cheek story, sure, but the message course. is not. The message is everybody feels the fear. These top producers that you see are knocking out of park. You go, how do they do it? They feel that fear. They feel that, that, that concern about what if they say no, what if this, what if that, what if that, and they do it anyway. Do it anyway. 
Mm-hmm. And so if I found like people that are top producers that are making multi seven figure numbers, millions of dollars per year in W2 income in our industry, I have found out, uh, cause Jen, you and I hang out with some, you know, it's, I mean, we're, we're both honored to, to hang out with some pretty high producers. And, yeah. yep. and I have found they're young, they're old, they're thin, they're heavy, they're blonde, they're bald, they're male, they're female. Introverts, extroverts. Extrovert. Mm-hmm. They're they're well spoken. Mm-hmm. They're not well spoken. They stutter. They mm-hmm. don't stutter. They look like Tom Hanks. They, they have are, bad are, teeth. They have good teeth. You name it. They have kids. They know, don't have kids. It's <laughs> everything. It's yeah. everything. And the difference is simply feeling the fear and doing it anyway. And, and that sounds simple, and it is. The good news, it is. So, but yeah. that's that's how people like me do do so well. Is you know, those of you who know me, I'm. I'm you know, I always tell everybody, it, makes, it, it becomes very apparent. I'm nobody special. I just do special things. I'm afraid when I do those special things, still to this day, by the way. I mean, I've spoken to probably 100,000 people by, at this time, as, as many as my largest group was 6,000 at one, at one spot. But even when I do, even when I talk with 10 people, I'm afraid. I, I feel fear. I yeah. get on the phone with you right now, just being honest, I get on the phone with you to record your excellent podcast, and I go, I, I hope it goes okay. I'm, I'm afraid. And I, and I, and I was. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you're an introvert too, and I mean that's that's part of it, right? Yeah. 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 Yeah, If there's a (laughs) if if there's a party, I'm definitely the guy in the corner. That's for sure. (laughs) Right. Right. Okay. What's number three? The the third thing that was a tipping point for me was discovering. This is so important. Is discovering what is your one thing? Like, Mm -hmm. what's the one thing that you do that brings in most of your business or that lets you help the most people that makes you most of your money. What is the one single activity you do that brings in most of your closings? And, and, you know, when, when I, when I started looking at that, you know, the first thing I came up with is I go, it might be something like, um, uh, closing on time, right. Mm -hmm. Or, or, or meeting with the clients. No, Mm -hmm. no, that's not the one thing because like to close on time, something had to have happened for that lead to come in for me to close in the first place to meet with that client in my office something happened to get them there in the first place. Like what is the number one, what is the source of the mile? What is the one thing that Carl does or that Jen does or anybody that's listening to this? There's no one right answer by this, by the way, this is a very personal thing is, is like, as you're, as people are listening to this today, I'd say for you, what is your number one thing? And it's not closing on time or going to the closing or meeting with the client communicating with the realtor and that that all happened after, right? What is the one thing that you do that brings in most of your leads, most of your clients? And, 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 and then the question comes, which I, you know, I asked this across the nation when I talked to loan officers, how many hours, minutes, if any, did you spend doing that activity last week? Mm -hmm. And what I have found is the average answer for me too, by the way, when I first started this, before I discovered this, you know, the average answer to that is like zero, maybe one hour, like whatever that one activity is. Because you're is. changing the oil in the back. Because you're That's exactly, focusing on you're, changing you're, the oil in the back. Because I'm, I'm meeting with the clients or that I'm, mm-hmm. I'm or, or chasing, putting out fires and chasing conditions. Is a big mm-hmm. one. And, uh-huh. Which is an important yeah. thing to do. Don't get me wrong. It's, it, if we don't have the pay stubs, nobody's going to close and everybody gets mad. But but right. it's the same thing is somebody's got to put oil in that car for me and you to buy it. It just doesn't have to be the salesperson. In fact, that's the last person you want is a salesperson. Called without the salesperson, you don't need any oil in any of the cars, right? No cars right. get sold. And so identifying mm-hmm. what is that one activity that that brings in most of your business, and then and then a, a brutal, honest answer of how many hours or minutes, if any, did I spend doing that activity last week? And and and, and by the way, preparing for something isn't doing the activity. Getting ready to teach a class isn't <laughs> isn't isn't doing the activity. Right. It's teaching the class. And right. uh, and then identifying, all right, what was the obstacles that got in my way that kept that from happening? Right. What was the mm-hmm. obstacles that got in my way? And then just simply start removing those obstacles. And yeah. it's it's really that. And simple. that's a time. Yeah, and that's a time management issue there. That's that part of that one, one recognition. The other is a time management. You know, what are yeah. those obstacles? And uh, it's funny because I just wrote a just wrote an article for um, Mortgage Women Magazine on on eight strategies to stop the stall in your business. And um, mm. 
one of those is identifying the ba your boundaries and it starts with your core values right so if you have you know your three core values so family is a core value for you being with your family is a yes. core value for you then you have to ask yourself why am i not spending as much time with my family and the reason is because you haven't set the boundary to that just mm -hmm. like you had mentioned earlier you don't work until nine you don't do anything till nine you don't do anything after five and those of us that are top producers all have boundaries in everything, whether it's time management boundaries, whether it's the type of people we'll work with, you know, or where we're very selective in, um, I call it working with people that complement, don't complicate my practice, mm. right? If you're going to complicate me or someone on my team, I'm not going to be working with you, no matter what your volume is, because it disrupts my process, right? And um, so I think that's really, really critical. So, you know, if you're listening to this, you know, you need to sit down and take a little bit of time, or may I recommend sitting down and taking some time to figure out what are all the activities you've been doing and what got you the best results afterwards. And so this really gets down to tracking, doesn't it, Carl? Because a lot of people don't do tracking. <laughs> yeah. So you can't just say, well, I love doing broker opens, so I'm going to go ahead and keep doing them. If, in fact, the thing that you love is not bringing you, you the business. Unfortunately, you're gonna to have to find something else that you really, really love or change the way that you're doing the broker open so that you can get the business. Um, mm. So those are three wonderful tips, thank you. I wanna go back to the first one. Um, you know, you know, I, you know I, I wanna, I wanna, I wanna, oh, I wanna touch on one thing here just real quick. You said yeah, something go. I wanna make sure we cover. Yeah. So yeah. you brought up a great point, and this is one that I, you know, this, this, this is definitely worth bringing attention to. As you said, uh, well, the reason why they, they do everything is, you know, part of it might be they, you know, they want the recognition. Did I hear you right? Is that what you said? The recognition of like what? Like oh, sometimes we find that loan officers want to do all pieces because they want the recognition of, look at me, I do everything. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, they do. I mean, I, well, really what I was talking about was the thing that you love. You know, I'm really big and focused on, making sure that I, I do what I love, that I'm good at it, and then it makes financial sense for my practice, right? If, I'm, yes. if I love it, okay, if I love it, but I'm not that good at it, and that's what the tracking will do, mm -hmm. is help yes. you understand whether or not you are as good as you think you are for the thing you love. And if you aren't, yes. you either have to scooch along and find something else, or, and the first option would be this, is find out what you're not doing to get the results that you want from the thing you love because if the thing you yeah. don't like is networking for example and you're the person who stands in the corner yet every time you go networking you get you get some business but it just kills you to go right then you're going to yeah. have to change that and find out what's another way that I could go here and feel better about the networking and it might be that instead of going to someone else's party you have your own party and that makes you feel better about it and you get the same results or find out, like, if you don't like networking, don't network. Find out something else that works. Right. That's like what it, I was it, saying. It, yeah. 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 Fix yeah, it agree, or yeah. move on. No, or, fix or, it move or move on, on. And, which is okay because there, there's so many different ways you can bring in business. And, and the trick is to find out, you know, it goes back to that question. What's your number one thing? Find out what that is. Mm -hmm. Don't go do that and 30 other things. Like, help. sometimes right. people can just do that one and oftentimes and that one is enough. Yeah, yeah. But one thing, one thing, you know, one thing, you know, when people talk about do, what's that one thing and they find themselves doing mm -hmm. everything in their business, and I find mm -hmm. a lot of it, a lot of times, it's, it's the loan officer wanting recognition of being Superman or Superwoman, oh, you know, that I yeah, do everything, no. and if you call me, <laughs> I've got the answer. But I, I just wanted to address yeah. that. So that's not what you were leading to. Yeah. But, but I just want to address that because I hear that so well, often. Well, and that's important. Yeah, no, that's important too. Yeah, I think, you know, it's uh, being everything to everyone and, you know, master of absolutely nothing, right? A yeah, well, see, that's the funny part. Nothing. See, that's the mm -hmm. funny part is, is like, like I always think of, you know, I, I, and I think I've shared this with you before, Jen, that, uh, you know, uh, uh, the, the, the loan officer that's doing everything, it looks like the one man or the one woman band, right? The one man band, the mm -hmm. one woman band which we yeah. know that person that goes to, you know, children's parties looks like a clown. And so right. when the music when we're doesn't the one, sound good. No. And, <laughs> and when we're, and when we're the one man band and we think it impresses mm -hmm. everybody that we do it all, we, we, we really look like a clown. Cause that's, 
that's, that's who one-man bands are. They're clowns. And the only people that are impressed by that are other clowns. And yeah. so, so high produce, I know when I started hanging out with high producers, I, you know, I found that when, when somebody starts talking about how I do this and I do that and I do this and I do that and I do that, they actually kind of, you know, not in a jerk way, but, in a, in, in, you know, they kind of roll their eyes a little bit like, oh, my God, here's another one of those guys. You know, and it's, yeah. it's, it's, a, it's a sign of a low producer or a sign of somebody that doesn't have their act together yet. So, right. Um, or anyway, they're chasing the, they're, no, I, I agree. And, you know, or they're chasing, you know, the uh, shiny object, you know, and I, and I think that's what happens is, and I think it's a scarcity issue, right, is um, I'm going to chase that because, you know, this producer does that, so therefore it must work, so I'm going to do it, and this producer does it, so therefore I'm going to do that too. And so they're like these big cats on a marble floor, right? They're just scrambling like crazy. And yeah. not focusing in, you know, and it's funny because I did a, I did a, a podcast on a niche to grow rich. And I, I really do believe in that. But again, it's a scarcity issue of if I niche, then I'm going to lose all this business. Well, the bottom line is you probably don't have all that business anyway. Yeah, yeah, good point. <laughs> and so you will get more business and then you'll show them what you can do and you'll start getting other business as well. But you have to really niche into that. So this really does circle back into your number one, um, the number one tip that you had about um, not doing all of the, you know, all of the pieces. And of course, my book is about this too, is about I break it into a couple of different categories called finder, minder, and grinder. You know, I'm the finder. I'm not the minder and I'm not the grinder. I find. That's what I do. You mind. That's what you do, right? And, um, but I want to ask a question about this because I know that, uh, you know, I have a loan officer mentality. So as soon as you said that, my thought, my first thought, because I know this is what people are thinking and my job to ask the question is, sure. I hear you, I hear you. I'd rather have 100% of a great because what if I can't get the business in for the watermelon? What if I can't find the right people and it ruins my reputation? All the what ifs. So, can you walk us through, and, and particularly the cost, right? I don't know if I can pay for someone. Now, and one of the things I tell people all the time that I coach is just saying, um, first of all, if you hire someone, and, and again, we're, we're national, right, on this podcast, so yep. mm-hmm. pricing's going to be different, right? But if you hire yep. someone, I'm going to do an easy $40,000, right? You hire someone for okay. $40,000, you're not paying $40,000 tomorrow. That's right. Not tomorrow. It's spread out. Okay. And this is where your time management has to, you know, kind of come into play uh, for what you were talking about for number three. So do you have any, um, I don't want to use the word tips, but do you have any guidance, any suggestions, any advice that you could give someone who's saying, I hear you, I hear everybody, I've heard Jen say it a thousand times, I hear it, I hear it, but I'm not taking action and move forward on it because I have this fear of a multitude of things that I just addressed. So, Jen, I would tell that person, go get a pair of black pants. <laughs> that's awesome. Number two. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's, right. that's just, that's yep. it. That's it. Really, it's just, like, I, trust yeah. me, I'm afraid, too. When I, when, I, when I hired my first assistant, man, you talk about being afraid, man. I was afraid, mm-hmm. right, because I, yep. I, I was just getting started. I didn't know what I was doing. Uh, I was seriously afraid, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. but I did it anyway. And, uh, yeah. and I'm going to tell you. Every assistant or every every person that you add to the team um, might not work out. In fact, let's, let's let right. me rephrase that. They're not all going to work out. Won't. Some aren't. Yeah. Right. They some won't. Yeah, they won't. But you 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 you, you look. If you want to grow, you have to get help. And if you don't want to get help, it's okay. Just be okay. You know. And I'm not saying this as a smart aleck. Like I'm I'm saying it. You know, genuinely. Mm-hmm. You know, trying to help people. Mm-hmm. Just learn to be okay or, or be okay with where you're at and be okay with that. You know, so if, if, if the amount of loans that you're closing and the amount of time that you're spending out of work doing the things that you love doing, if, if those things are all on a good, whatever your scale is, a, a good number for you, you don't have to change anything. I'm only giving that right. advice to somebody that says, no, I, I, I want to make more money for me and my family, and I want to spend more time uh, doing, you know, spending time with my family or, or spending time with my friends or spending time alone by myself fishing at the lake or whatever you like doing, writing books, whatever you want to speaking, whatever you like doing, you know, if, if, if everything's okay, well, you, you probably wouldn't be listening to this podcast right. anyway. The people that listen to your podcast, because I've listened to your episodes, great stuff here. These people are looking to grow. If you're looking to grow, 
you got to do something different. What you do right. it the same way, the same way is going to happen. So you just go do it and see what happens. And sometimes right. am I going to hire somebody and they are going to make mistakes and I lose clients? Yeah, that's going to happen. But I'm losing that deal so I can get my next 50. You follow right. me? You're, right. You're, yeah, you're, you're trading you're, nickels. You're trading dimes for quarters. Yeah, or pennies yeah, for quarters. Yeah. 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 Trading that. You know. I'll tell you another. I'm sorry. Yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. So I'll tell you another another little story. So this is like a three minute story, but this will be worth it. So there's a guy, uh, and I might I might you and I might have shared this story, but there's a guy in NASCAR called Jack Roush, and Jack Roush is a famous engine builder. Like he's the number one. In fact, if you ride around nationwide and look at Mustangs, some of the must the the, the highest end Mustangs. Uh, the Ford sales on the side will say Jack Roush Mustang. And so he's very well known, done extremely well for himself. Well, he's being the number one engine builder in NASCAR, and of course me being down here in the South, uh, I'm a fan of NASCAR. I was listening to an interview of um, him one time because I like in, listening to interviews of great people. I learned from him. And in the interview, they said, Jack, how is it that you make these world-class engines? Like what is it that your competitors on race day buys your engines to race against you. Like, what, what do you do that's so special? He said, it's real easy. He said, what we do is we get an engine, and we put it together, and we put it in the, on the engine block in the shop, and we start it up, and we give it full throttle, and we go have a cup of coffee, and we come back when the engine blows up. We break apart the engine to see what broke. And he says, like, mm-hmm. if it's a piston ring, he says, I'll build a better, faster, stronger piston ring. Put the engine back together, Start it back up, full throttle, go have lunch, come back when it breaks. And let's say this time it was a push rod. He said, I'll build a bigger, better, faster push rod. So what he said changed my life. He said, so while everybody else is avoiding breakage here at Roush Industries, we embrace it because I'll build a bigger, better, faster, stronger machine. And I thought, holy cow, that may have been the best business advice I've ever received. And I've got some good stuff. That might have been the best I've ever received is that when I add somebody on my team, I have to start the engine and let it run. It might not break. It might work great. But if it does, Mm -hmm. I'll find out where it broke and I'll build a better, faster, stronger one, which is either going to be a system or a person. And and that's And sometimes the engine blows up. And you know what? Sometimes the engine blows up and I lose a deal. And, and we lose a referral partner, but I'm working on winning the championship, not an individual set of plays. Does that make sense? Yeah. Oh, no, it totally, it totally does. Yeah. Yeah. No, and, that, you know, and it's something that, that I've talked about quite a bit with, with people, too, is, you know, is that in the mortgage space, you know, we have the tendency to get to a maximum capacity. And, you know, in your example, the engine is, you know, running at absolute ma- maximum capacity. It's, it's, you know, fighting in all directions, right? And we tend to do that where we're, we're saying, and even, even business owners, you know, they don't hire until they're at this unbelievable capacity and their need for filling a position, I'm doing air quotes while I'm talking about this, <laughs> filling mm-hmm. a position. Yeah. I saw those, I saw so those. Str- yeah, you saw them. Are so, is so, uh, so strong that uh, they're hire anybody, you know, and we used to laugh about it years ago about the little mirror test, you know, we were hiring people who could breathe and, and but the problem is after they're hired is we tend to point our finger at them and say, well, they were bad and they were wrong and they didn't know and they didn't learn fast enough and they, they were stupid, they, whatever. And really it's a thumb pointing game, right? We should be pointing the mm-hmm. thumb at ourselves saying, you know, we're not prepared to hire for the position. And so I think it's really key that if we're going to go down this road of, wanting 50% of a watermelon and not 100% of a grape, it's really, really important that we're isolating the roles that each individual person is going to play and that we're filling the position. You'll have higher success at your hires, even though there's still going to be people that aren't going to fit, but you're going to have higher success when you're hiring someone who you can actually give them a job description rather than, I just need somebody. I just need someone to take care of me because I'm just so busy. And these people come in and they don't have any idea what they're supposed to be doing. You haven't set parameters. You haven't set expectations. And so it really is a slow down to speed up method. You have to slow mm-hmm. down, carve out what you want. Then you can speed up as well. So I think that goes in tandem with just hiring. Um, 
And there was going to be, there was something, and, and I'll let you respond to that, but there's something I wanted to say about this too. I think of growing as, you know, a ladder, right? So you've got the rungs on the side, I mean, the, the rails on the side, and you've got these rungs in the middle. So if each rung represents a, a, uh, a uh, sales volume that you want to be at, right? Like uh, um, annual revenue that you want to be at, you can't yeah. climb a ladder of success by holding on to the bottom rung. You can't get to the top and spread your arms so much, you know, you're not stretch Armstrong. You can get a few rungs up, but eventually you're going to have to let go of some of the things on the bottom. And some of those things are ego, because we all have it. I built this business. They want me. They want to work with me only, right? The thing is, if you build a really good business with great systems, they want the experience that they get with you because you built a wonderful team. And so you're going to have to let go of some of these um, limiting beliefs, right? Some of these uh, stories that you're telling yourself, the stories that you're seeing from others on their, you know, sometimes failure at hiring people in order for you to grow, you know, and get up higher in the ladder. Um, so what were your thoughts on, what were your thoughts? Well, 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 well I, think, I think you're dead on there. Because <laughs> I, found, I found that much to my surprise, I call it my shocking fact number one, is I always thought people always want to talk to me. Like they don't want to talk to my team. They want to talk to me until I mm -hmm. figured out I wasn't near as important as I thought I was. Mm -hmm. And come to find out, lo and behold, shocking news to Carl, they weren't calling Carl to talk to Carl. They were calling Carl because they wanted a house. That's what they want. They want mm -hmm. the house. Or the, the real estate agent wants the deal to close. That's, yeah. that's what they're looking for. They're not looking to talk to Carl. I've just falsely are used to falsely have them believe, oh, by the way, if you want this to close on time, you better talk to me because if you talk to my team, they're going to screw it up. I don't trust them. You shouldn't trust them either, which is a right. horrible thing to do. Which is the opposite either. of what we should be saying. Right? <laughs> yes, yes. Right. And, and so because to me, it's like, like right now, Jen, if somebody wanted to talk to either me or you and they were waiting on me or you right now as we're doing this today for help, we're going to disrespect they're not being served. We're disrespecting them. We're disrespecting mm -hmm. them because, number one, I would never disrespect you, Jen. You know that. I would never disrespect you by taking a call while I'm talking with you, right? You're too important. And, and I, right. But yet I don't want to disrespect the client that you might have referred to me because then I'm disrespecting you and them. So that's the quandaries. Like, who am I going to disrespect here? Or am I just simply going to help them buy the house that they want to buy, which is all everybody wants to happen here? They don't want to talk to me. They, they just want the money. They just want the money. Yeah. And once I figured that out, Bingo. you know, every, every, you know, it just kind of changed everything. So, um, so no, I, anyway. total, I, yeah, I know. I totally agree. And I think that's, uh, you know, that's something that people just have to understand, uh, you know, before they can consider, you know, number one that you just, that you just mentioned before we consider number one. Um, and maybe the second thing they need to do in that is also make sure they have a system so that people can work within a system. You can't, put together a football team and not have regular, you know, scheduled plays and say, well, you guys, yeah. you guys just uh, do your own plays out there and we'll hope that we win. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Um, I don't have Go any get for you. I don't have any for you. Yeah. <laughs> right? Go get them. Hey, so you, you were talking about like when you go hire somebody to have a, a, a like a job description for them. Yeah. We found like, one of the best ways we found to do that is a thing that we call the Acts of Freedom, A-X-E, Acts of Freedom. It's where you write down everything that you do as a loan officer, and I mean everything. If you sharpen the pencils, I don't care if it's only once a month, that goes up on that board. And then what you do is you go up on that board of that's got well, – like we have a big whiteboard in my office. When you walk in, it's, it's staring you right in the face. And we've got every single activity that we do up on that whiteboard, and beside every single activity – you write a name, right? Write mm -hmm. a name. Yep. And, yep. and then you write it down in columns of who's doing what. So now if you're, if you're listening to this today and you're going, well, I don't have help yet, right? I'm, I'm the only name that's going to be on there. I want you to put your name beside four things, no more, four things. I don't care what four things, but four things go beside your name. And everything else on that list, and if, you're, and if you come up with an honest list, it's going to be about 30 to 40 things that a loan officer mm -hmm. does. You know, between yep. Take, yep. you know, between talking to the clients, talking to the realtors, updating, pulling credit, making a flyer, but, yeah, like every, mm -hmm. yeah, everything. Mm -hmm. So, 
Pick yep. four for you, put your name beside, and beside every other item that's on there, we're going to call that new hire. And so now mm -hmm. when you go put your, your, your ad up in, in, the, uh, uh, in, in the paper, you know exactly what, uh, what you're looking for. Yeah, there's the job description right there. So that's a great little uh, way to figure out, like, who's doing yep. what. Yep, that's, that's good. It sounds very familiar to my finder, minder, grinder. Same, th same kind of thing. You know, what do I do as a finder? What, do, what does everybody else do? And you might need a couple minders. Minding business, minding relationships, minding past clients, right? Your alumni. It might be the, the finder as a marketing person, too. You know, where you're the finder as the, the loan officer, but you need a finding marketing person as well. So, you know, I think that's a great, great um, advice for everybody. So if you didn't get that, because he talked pretty fast about that, rewind, listen to it, take note, put some action into it as well. Um, okay, so Carl, if you were, you know, here we are at the end of the year, 2018, it's a tough market uh, for most people. What, what, uh, do you have any tips for someone if they needed to just, you know, I need to jumpstart, get a little booster shot in my business to propel it into 2019. What would you recommend that someone do right now, today, November, you know, here we are in the middle of November. All right. Uh, well, the first thing I think that I would have to do is, um, you know, you know, the first thing we have to do, I think, is take stuff off of our plate so we can put stuff on our plate. Uh, so before we do any activity that I'm going to bring more stuff in, because, see, Jen, I think a lot of people sabotage their business because they're already kind of maxed out, at least in their head, of capacity. Yeah. And they go, well, here, mm -hmm. give me something to do real quick. They're not going to do it. They don't have time to do it. And they actually, their brain, the, the primitive part of their brain that, that looks to protect them, sabotages them from doing that activity because the brain says, hey, we got enough headaches. We're putting out enough fires. I can't take – we missed three closings last, uh, last month. I can't take any more of that. And so the brain puts yeah. all this crap in our way so that activity didn't happen. So I think that's the first thing we have to do is, uh, is take stuff off our plate. But once we have that done, you say, okay, I need to bring in some loans like right now. Um, probably the first thing that I would do – gosh, there's so many. Probably the first thing I would do is <laughs> something uh, that I learned from a buddy of mine, Dean Jackson, called the, uh, the nine-word email. The nine-word email. And what the nine-word email is, and, I, and I'm going I'm to change it up just a little bit from my buddy Dean, and I'm going to call it uh, maybe the nine-word text. Right? Could this be a text? Yeah, because nowadays, yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. So basically what you do, uh, and we've got so many success stories of people that did this one. So um, what you do is you grab all the leads that you didn't close last year. Like I don't care if it's Internet or Maybe some, you didn't get back to some people and you haven't heard from them or you, you didn't follow up with them or you just haven't heard back. Like most people don't have many, 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 many of those, especially our, our people with the, doing the Internet stuff. They're going to have – but mm -hmm. whether you have dozens – I don't care who you are. You're going to have dozens and dozens, if not hundreds of those kinds of things where it's somebody they didn't return your call or whatever. And what you do is you send out – if you've got – I prefer a text. If you've got, a simple, if you've got their phone number, it's going to be – text is going to work best. And you send out a text. And you can use group text for this. Like uh, there's a, mm -hmm. what is it, Mighty yeah. Text. Or there, there's Mighty a, a text. ton of them. Yeah, yeah there's a ton mm -hmm. of them. So you send out a text, and the text says simply this. Do not add anything. Don't take anything away. It just says simply this. Are you still looking to buy a house in Florida, question mark, Virginia, question mark, wherever it is? Are you still looking to buy a house in insert in area, question mark? That's it. Mm -hmm. Send that out. There's no one single activity that I've seen bring in more loans in a like in a in a, a one day period than that. That is absolutely an off the chart remarkable. Now, Jen, I have to tell you, I've shared that with so many people. I bet less than two mm percent -hmm. actually do it, and the two percent yeah, that do it send me back. Uh, you know, I got countless stories uh, of people. I've, like I, the first one that comes to my mind is mm -hmm. my dear friend R.J. Baxter up in Denver. I think he had like six hundred or something like that. He said the amount of uh, uh, revived leads that he had coming in, the people calling him up, you know, funny you should say that, yes, I am, uh, was remarkable. He actually told me, Carl, if you ever share people to do that, tell them not, depending upon the, how many they got, don't send to all be of them. Be prepared. It'll, it'll, yeah, be prepared. <laughs> he said send it out in segments and see how it flows first. So that's probably the, the quickest, easiest way to bring in, like, something like right now. Um, yeah, know, I, I would think say so, a, too, because – um, and you're going to get a lot of, you're going to get a lot of, yeah, I already bought a house. That's fine. The whole idea here is to bring in those that still didn't for some, for whatever reason it was. Yeah. 
And you know what? Some Whatever people might say, take me off your list. It's, it's okay. You know, uh-huh. feel the fear and do it. Yep. Put your black pants now on. You know. Send the darn, send the text out. Or, or yep. be happy with where you are. Nothing wrong with that. Maybe where you are is a great place, right? You're like, you know, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm pretty good, Carl. Awesome. Don't do it. But if you're looking to expand yeah. and you're saying, how can I bring some loans in? Not three months from now, but like right now, that one way is uh-huh. killer. I would say mm-hmm. another thing, like the most underutilized thing that I've ever seen is probably the title companies. So mm-hmm. the title company has historically been my number one referral source. Now, the title company doesn't refer me loans per se, even though some, sometimes, but almost never. But the title company refers me agents. How do they do that? Well, every Tuesday, we call and give an update to the title company on the deals that we're doing with that title company. Now, nobody else does that. So the first thing, you have to listen for the thud when you call them up, say, hey, and you talk <laughs> nice to them, and you say, hey, Jim. Or they go, Carl. what's wrong? Yeah, yeah, yeah. When you're, when you're not yelling and you, and you talk nice to them and be respectful to them and give them an update, uh, listen for the thud on the floor as they, as they fall down because they're not used to that. And, right. and then at the end of that, I'll say, well, Jen, there's an update on the three files that we're working on together. And, you know, Jen, I'm really enjoying working with your title company, and I'd like, I'd like to work with you guys even more. Jen, do you know of any agent maybe that they came across not too long ago that maybe a deal went south? Maybe they have a, south, a deal going south right now uh, that maybe I could look at, look at and help look at. Uh, anybody come to mind? Sometimes yes, sometimes mm-hmm. no. If they say no, well, Jen, could, is there anybody that maybe it closed but like the agent wasn't real happy, like, you know, it, it, maybe something that the, the deal was late and they're not real happy with their, with the loan officer to refer to them. Anybody kind of give me a little, and give me a heads up on, I'd love to work with you guys even more. Anybody can think of every Tuesday, we have that conversation with every title company that we're doing business with. And they give us countless uh, referrals to, you know what, you ought to call uh, Jimmy over at Remax, man, it, he was upset the other day. And uh, yeah. so we give Jimmy perfect a call, timing. and it's perfect timing, perfect timing. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so that is a, a, just one of the, the simplest, easiest ways if I'm looking to bring in deals like real quick. And, and by the way, that's not how you get one or two deals. That's how you get like deals month in, month out, next month, next month. Like that one phone call can produce 10, 15, 20 closings for the year, you know, because once yeah. you've made that yeah. association yeah. with that agent, yeah. Yeah, and think about what 10 to 15 closings could do for your business. You know, that's a couple more loans a month, you know, another another six or $7,000, you know, it's, uh, per, it's good per money. Per agent they refer you, know? you to. That's the whole point. That's, yeah. that's per agent. Yeah. That's not yeah, total. That's, that's, per right. a, that's, that's per agent they there refer you, you to. And, and, and you're not doing it with a title company. You're doing it with every title company that you're every in business with. Every title company with. that you have a deal with, right, and whether yeah, you yeah. know them or not. Because, you know, the thing is, as loan officers, we get all these title companies coming into us that we didn't get to choose, right? And so these are great opportunities for us to um, – and hopefully they'll pick up on that and call us one day so we can reciprocate and say, hey, um, thanks, we like working with you. Here's an update on what's going on here. Do you know of an agent yeah. that's had a frustration with a title company, right? Yeah, ex- ex- and exactly. And you can reciprocate. Yeah, absolutely. And you can reciprocate. Absolutely. Yeah, that's, I, that's I, I have to tell you, though, the reciprocation thing, it's not even – I mean, it's a cool thing to do, and absolutely, that's a good thing to do. Uh, man, they're just thankful that we call them up and get updates and talk nice to them. And, oh, and, I know. And, and, yeah. Yeah, and, the, and these are not cold calls, by the way. This is the title company – that would love to hear what's mm-hmm. going on in the file. Look, I, I've been a big proponent. If you're making cold calls as a loan officer, you've screwed up somewhere. Uh-huh. You should never, ever, yeah. ever have to make a cold call because people that you're already doing business with, agents in your area mm-hmm. that you already know, it's, that's just, you're, you, you're just not their lender, but you already know them. I mean, they're just your, your past database. I mean, it's endless amounts. Uh, every, every, every deal that you're working on has a buyer, a seller, a listing agent, a buying agent, a title company. Call those people up, give them updates, ask them for more business. I mean, it's just really simple stuff. It is, you know, and I think a lot of people start making it too difficult, you know, too technical, too difficult, too um, time-consuming, you know, and I think it's important, too, I mean, this this type of thing. So I'm going to ask you this question because I I believe I know the answer to this, but I don't want to be presumptuous, but are you making this call? Are you personally doing that text? So I'm going to tell you the activity that I did to take me from zero loans to 10 loans a month, which took about six months to do. When I first got in the business, I was zero. About six months in, I was 10 a month. So that activity 
was great activity because it took me from zero to 10, but it was a different set of activities that was taking me from 10 to 20, different set of activities that took me to 20 to like 50, different set of activities that has me getting paid on, you know, 300, 350 loans a month now. So, so I'm going to tell you. Hence the ladder that I was telling you about. That's right. That's right. Yes. That's right. So, yeah. So, yeah. so the, the question is, am I today, me personally, making those calls? I'm not because I couldn't do it on 350 people. It would be impossible. Right. However, I'm going right. to tell you, if I'm doing anything less than, say, 25 loans a month, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because it's the glory, absolutely. you know, this is the glory call. I mean, and I call them glory calls because I, I like doing the calls that I have the opportunity to get more business from yeah. at yeah. the right time. You know, I don't call, I'm, I don't. Well, I may make the call if the appraisal came in low, right? But I don't necessarily have to. But I do want to make the call if the loan's approved and be able to, you know, bank from that because that's when the levo meter is high, high with us, right? They're two yeah. times, well, right? It, three. It, and you know, Jen, the other thing is, once we remove ourselves from putting out fires and, and being the one-man band, the clown, what else have we got to do but make these good calls and and you know right. and, and work on good <laughs> social not? media and. It, yeah, we, we, you got yeah. nothing but time. It's not. It's not. Yeah. It's not like. It's not like bringing in more loans brings you in more headaches. Like, look, whether I close, whether if I close another ten, twenty, or fifty loans next month, it's zero extra work for me, because I get nothing but the good stuff, right? I got. I have help right. that does the reactive stuff. I do the proactive stuff. The making the phone ring. Once the phone rings, somebody else is in charge because you know somebody's somebody's that's. If I'm the one answering the phone, I can only answer so many phone calls. Right, right, yeah. and that's and that's it. And you know, and I think you know, we've kind of talked about really this sort of this time management piece in here as well. But um, you know, I think it's important for people to understand that when you're doing all the work, uh, you do a very, very good job until your capacity starts diminishing. It's the law of diminishing intent, right? You yeah. start, you start, you were, yeah, you made 100% of your phone calls. You met with 100% of the clients. You wrote 100% of your thank you notes. You showed up at 100% of your closings until you can't. And therein lies the, the crux that everybody's in is trying to still do that, yet growing your practice at the same time. And this is for everybody, mortgage, real estate, anybody in, you know, in businesses, you get to, and this is where we talk about these tipping points, right, or this critical mass. You get to that point, and what, when you used to go to 100% of your closings, you're now going to 70% or 60%. When you used to follow up with everyone within 24 hours, you're now at 40% capacity. And it's yeah. always, always better to hire someone who can do, the, do better than what you're currently doing. And I have news. When you look in the mirror, if you're operating at 40% and someone you hire operates at 50%, it's better than you. Yeah. It just that's a great is. Point. Mm -hmm. It is. It's better than you. And you may not think they're perfect, but you're not perfect right now either. You, and you, you know, the, you know the, the, other good thing about, the other good thing about bringing good people on is now I bring my experience. Like, like Jen, if, 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 if you and I worked on the same team, I would bring my experiences, and now you bring mm -hmm. yours. And if we hire Bob, mm -hmm. and Bob comes to join us, now we bring Bob's experiences. And we hire Jill, mm -hmm. then we get Jill's experience. So every time you add people onto your team, number one, you're adding their database because we, we definitely include their friends and family and sphere influence in our database, of course. Uh, so we, number one, we add to our database every time we add somebody to the team, you know, even if they're the person that answers the phone. They have friends and family members, and, and, and we, we add their people. Yeah, absolutely. And, and so I, I bring their history and their way of doing things and their knowledge. Even if they're new to the business, I bring their, their life, lifelong knowledge that they've gained. I get, to, I get to benefit from that. And I might know more about this one thing perhaps, maybe, maybe not, but maybe than that one person. But I guarantee they're going to bring some experiences that I don't have. And yeah. you know, so that's a huge benefit of adding people on is we don't just do things my way now. Now we do some things her way because we found, hell, she's got, she's got a better way. A better way to do it. Yeah, a better yeah. way to do it. And if you're, if you're listening and you're, you're thinking, how do I grow my database? If you're brand new and you want to know how to grow your database, Carl just told you how. You know, put on, put on your black pants, right? 
Always wear yeah. your black pants. <laughs> Hire <Yeah>. someone now, <laughs> right as you're getting out of the gate, right? Right as you're getting on the, out of the gate and get them in. Um, that was cute. I got a little ding there right at the time I said that. Get at the gate. Ding. <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> um, right at the gate. And, you know, I have found that rather than the fear, you know, and, and we all know what fear is, false evidence appearing real, but it also means forget everything and run, right? Yeah. And so yeah. a lot of people just say, forget it, and I'm running. I'm not even going to do it, right? Yeah. Um, it can also mean forget everything and run forward. And I have found mm. that when I hire people, rather than the fear, it actually gives me the, the gumption, the confidence, right, the guts mm. to now get out there and say, I'm, I'm taking care of someone else. I've got to get out there. Now I can't mm. let my fear stand in the way. So it's actually, for me, it's been something I'll hide in my office and say, oh, my gosh, I have another person. But more that now look at me, I'm going to go out. But I can also, if you're that kind of person, you can go out and say, I have a team. I have a team, which means I'm better than the guy down the street who doesn't have a team. Because from the, per mm. the perception of the consumer is that if you have a team, you must be making it, right? Yeah. yeah. Regardless. Regardless of what it really means, right? <laughs> um, yeah. And it does mean that you're doing things well, but, but it could be the thing that propels your business by having someone on your team rather than the other. So you could just say, forget everything and run forward. That's it. Forget it. I'm running forward. And, you know, make your business new, new and better, you know. So I think, yeah. that's, I think that's great. Okay, so listen, as we're finishing up here, I want to ask you a quick question. Is there anything you'd like to just add in before we finish up? Um. Is, is, is it out of line if I just say, you know, I just think you're amazing. I, I, I've, I've just thoroughly oh, enjoyed this. And uh, you're just, Yay. well, you are, you are one smart cookie. And the day I met you was a good day for Carl. I just want to let you know that. <laughs> well, thank you. I feel the same way. Yeah. I feel the same way. And in fact, I'm, on several of my podcasts, I've mentioned that I've, you know, been to your, your classes down at Clearwater, which you guys, are, you know, it's awesome to go. And, um, well, you know, you. and I, and I, there are things and I, I gosh, you know, you and I were both speaking at a conference not too long ago and I mentioned something and I go, where's Carl? Because I learned this from Carl. So, um, you know, I, I think that we are an accumulation of everybody that's around us and, you know, and yeah. that's, uh, I think the key is yeah. taking action on this, on everything yeah. you're hearing and not just accumulating knowledge. You've got to put it into play. And even if it's just one little thing. So, I hope yeah. that those that are listening, you know, listen back and say, okay, what one thing could I do right now that needs the most attention? Maybe they're getting a lot of referrals and they're just not getting them through the system, which means we've got to go back mm. to some of these other things that you mentioned. Yeah. Uh, yes. So the person has got their system in place or they're new. It's about leads. So don't think you have to just do the text because Carl said to do the text. If there's another area that needs more attention right now, so make sure that you're looking through, you know, listening through here, writing it down, and then put these into play as, you know, in a, in a chronological order, right? Something makes a little more sense. So, so yeah. Carl, I want to ask you something. So if you knew, sure. if someone, if someone knew you well, right? So I'd like for you to repeat this. If you knew me well, you would know blank. It can be anything that you want. We love hearing what what people are like outside of work too. If somebody, and you can't wait, say introvert it, now because we already said wait, it. So, <laughs> so ask it one more time. Yeah. If some, if I knew you well, what would I know about you? If you knew me well, you would know that I. You would know that I put, uh, I put an extreme amount of, of emphasis. And this is going to sound corny, but it's just what is first thing that pops in my head because it's what I stand for. That. You would know that I believe because I, I, and I, again, I hope this sounds okay. I mean it in a very cool way or not braggadocious, but you can have a multi-million dollar personal W-2 income in the mortgage industry and work nine to five, Monday through Thursday, no evenings, no weekends, ever. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's absolutely an, an, an obtainable thing and that I can tell you, and, I, and it's not one of my prouder moments, that probably the first 10 years of my children's life, I was 24-7, man. I worked all the time, like just all the time. And uh, I'm, uh, I don't have many regrets in life, Jen, but I'm going to tell you what, man, if I could go back in time, I would take that away. I regret that more than anything I can ever think of is a time that I spent yeah. away from my family. Lived at the same mm -hmm. house, uh, but didn't spend any time with them, just being honest, you know, and love my yep. wife nope. and love my kids. But I, just, feel I, just, I just I worked all the time. And I thought it was necessary. They were number was, one. 
Yeah. You know, yeah. They, I said yeah. they were number one. See, this is where I was talking yeah. about those core values and the boundaries. Yeah. I said they yes. were number one, but yes. I wasn't. I wasn't living within those boundaries. And why was I tolerating yes. that? You know, yes. I think a lot of us feel that way, Carl, honestly. I mean, that was just maybe the way the world was back then. And, you know, we all just, uh, you know, just a minute, just a minute, just a minute. And yeah. now when our so, kids so, say to me, say that, oof. Yeah. So, no, I don't, I don't think that's the way the world was, Jen. I think that's the world that I created. And yeah. it's a choice. All of us in the business. And it, and it wasn't until I decided to make another choice. Uh, that frankly, when I actually, when I started working less, I made more. I know that's an old cliche, but when I started working mm-hmm. less, I made more because I was more focused and I, I, I'm recharging my batteries and I had to focus on my number one thing. So I put an extreme mm-hmm. amount of uh, priority because of my own mistake for the first 10 years of their life uh, of spending time with my family now. And I can tell you right now, we are just living the dream. And uh, I spend, my kids are adults now. Uh, but I spend uh, an inordinate, just large amounts of time with them. Uh, spend the time with my wife that at five o'clock when I finish up, we go sit on the front porch. We sit and feed the, feed the ducks in the little lake in my front yard. And we drink a cup of hot tea. And uh, I, I, like, if I could take one thing out of the English language, it would be the, the notion of there's such a thing as, as uh, quality time. There is no quality mm-hmm. time. It's quantity time. No such thing as quality mm-hmm. time is quantity time. So I don't know, that, that might not have been what you're looking that's, for, but that's, uh, no, it is. That's fine. Yeah, that's fine. No, I think that's very, um, apropos. My, um, uh, my mom said to me one time, a long time ago, um, and I'm going to say quality here. Okay. Not quantity, but she said a yes. long time ago to me, she said, mom, or she said, Jen, she said, you have such a great quality of life. And I said, Oh, well, thanks. Well, what does that mean? She goes, Oh, you're just doing things and going and you have things and blah, blah, yes. blah, blah, blah. And I, I yes. don't know, it sat, sat with me and I went, wait a minute. Are you saying that I'm keeping up with the Joneses? Because that's not what I want, right? Right, right. And mm-hmm. I realized that instead of a quality of life, what I wanted was a life of quality. Yeah. And that's what I work towards. You know, mm-hmm. that's that's what we Good do now. And if and if you and I, having been in the business, well, I've been in the business much much longer, but at our age, right, being able to say, look, if we can accelerate your success by giving you some tips that we've learned along the way, and you can heed those, those uh, pieces of advice and put them into action, you're going to be 10 times, 10x further along than we are at our age. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 No yeah. question. So, well, this has been a lot of fun, Jen. I, it's, it's just been an absolute yeah. honor uh, to be a part of what you're doing here. Well, thank you. Well, thank you for coming on and sharing your wisdom with us. Um, I know that this is going to be one of the top podcasts because everyone wants to know what you want to hear. So how do we get a hold of you? If someone wants to get a hold of you and find out about your coaching, find out about what you're doing, pick your brain, whatever it is, have you as a speaker, how do they get a hold of you? Uh, let's see. Uh, probably the best way... You know, let's practice what we just talked about here. Uh, boy, let's, yeah. let's, get on the, let's get on the phone and talk. Um, that's probably the best. I mean, I could send you to a website, I guess. But uh, here, let's do this one, if, if this is okay. Um, yeah. Go to, to loanofficerstrategycall.com. Loanofficerstrategycall.com. Okay. And um, let's just chat. There you go. Loanofficerstrategy.com. And you can find no, no, no. the chat Loan officer- LoanOfficerStrategyCall.com. LoanOfficerStrategyCall.com. And you can set up a time to chat with Carl and see if, you know, he is the perfect person to help you um, grow your business. Now, and, and just and, being, just um, being perfectly transparent out. here, Jan, it, 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 there, there might be more than a few. I don't, I don't know. And if, if there is, you know, that I'll, I'll get somebody to kind of help me with some of the calls. Uh, if I do, it'll be of uh, my, my friend Ralph. He's the, just FYI. Ralph is the one that got me in the mortgage business way back when. We oh, still work together. That's great. And, uh, well, I've learned so much from him. He's changed my life. Uh, so uh, so it'll, it'll be me that's around. That's wonderful. So, yeah. Yeah. Yep, that's cool. wonderful. That's wonderful. I mean, cool. listen, that's how it works. We, you know, I think we're all, we all know that's sort of how it works. And you and I were talking about that before is that I'm not coaching anymore, right? And so um, I love knowing how you work so that I can refer people to you. So, yeah. Um, that's exactly what happens is that you just have to find the right person. So, yeah. well, listen, thank you again, Carl, for, for enlightening us. I sure appreciate you taking time out of your busy day. And um, for all of you that are listening, uh, listen in again. And, you know, uh, for 
Carl, you know, listen to this again because I'm sure there's something you didn't hear the first time around. And for those of you that are new, welcome to our community. We appreciate it. We're now about 17,000 subscribers strong, and we continue to grow, and we want to thank you for that. And um, if you've been on uh, listening for a while, thank you. With unbelievable humbleness and gratitude, I thank you for listening in, and we will catch you next time on Mortgage Lending Mastery. Thank you for listening to Mortgage Lending Mastery. Looking to streamline and launch your practice by accessing Jen's tools, courses, classes, presentations, and resources? Visit jenduplessis.com to learn about the features and benefits thousands of other professionals have experienced by enrolling in Jen's lifetime membership program. Isn't it about time you consider a coach to take your business to new heights? Contact Jen to start your application process today. Thanks again, and be sure to tune in next week.